Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altris. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Robert Barrett is the president and co-owner of Coastal Windows, a family-owned and operated vinyl window and door manufacturer in Waipahu. Bob began his career in the windows industry working for a vinyl extruder in New Jersey. Starting on the production floor in 1982, he worked his way up to technical sales where he gained experience in setting up manufacturing facilities across the country. In 1988, he became head of research and development where he was responsible for the design, development and testing of new products. In 1990, Bob and his family relocated to Hawaii and started Coastal Windows. Since then, Coastal has grown from only seven employees in a 5,000 square feet space to a team of 45 plus employees in a 30,000 square foot space. Coastal is Hawaii's only full-service window and door manufacturer, recognized as a product innovator in the design and manufacture of windows and doors, specifically for Hawaii's tropical environment. Well, Bob, welcome. It's nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We've talked a lot recently about family-run businesses. In fact, our next guest today is also the head of a family-run business. It's something I think that people in Hawaii hold near and dear. It means a lot to them that families can go into second generation and third generation of their business. Tell us a little bit about your kind of early introduction to this business, because your dad really had something to do with this. That's true, yes. Um, I started working for my father straight out of high school, uh, and he had an extrusion business, and, and they would make the extrusions for window companies just like us around the country. So that's kind of my introduction to vinyl windows. So. Our company has a pretty deep and rich history as it relates to vinyl windows in general. Was that something that influenced you? Like right out of school, were you watching your dad work and run his business and think, okay, that's where, where I want to go? Or did you take a different route? You know, uh, I, I know that I didn't like school enough to pursue uh, college. Um, I knew myself well enough to know I didn't like homework. I wasn't going to put in the time and I was just going to go to work. So, um, I think that, no, I don't think it was me pursuing a career in that field. I think it was me just, I'm going to work for dad and, you know, get a job and see where it goes. And your parents were fine with that. Oh yeah. Yes. I think that's sometimes such a freedom, isn't it? I mean, you'll be able to look back on it now, uh, you know, as a father too, uh, and remembering what you felt like, but I think that is a freedom sometimes for some young people is to not have that pressure right out of high school to get into college. I see it a lot in kids. They're yeah. just worried about all the time about grades and college and rarely like where I come from, everyone takes a gap year. Right, right, right. And it's such a valuable year, but it's not saying that it's done here so much. No, it's not very common. No. Uh, one of the boards that I'm on is the national association of manufacturers and they have a program called creators wanted that, um, specifically addresses high school kids that are not necessarily going to go to college, but it'll give them an opportunity to maybe get a career in manufacturing. So they are looking at that uh, segment of the population, right? So, And it's such a valuable source of homegrown income Absolutely. is to go into schools. You know, we say this often with regards to the restaurant industry because, you know, if there's an example of a rest of an industry that's failing, because they can't get staff. It's the restaurant industry. And the place to go, you know, I feel very strongly about this, is into high schools and train and bring them into restaurants. 
Um, do you see that? And this is a really particular time in history with regards to manufacturing, right? Yes. Do you see, along with supply chain issues, along with rising costs, is labor also something that you're seeing as a problem? So those are the three current um, top issues that uh, we're dealing with, and not just us, but industries in general. So the uh, supply chain shortages are really, um, they don't really affect us. We get none of our products from overseas. Our, our window is 100% U.S. made. Uh, in fact, it's Hawaii made, but all of our components come from the U.S. So supply chain is not a, a huge problem, but it still is a problem because those vendors do get product from overseas, so it's affecting them. Um, uh, shipping is a, a container. I can remember when a container used to cost us or $5,000 and now it's ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. Um, and then labor, labor is, is, is a huge issue right now for us. It's hard to get, uh, hard to get people. And we are kind of picky, you know, we, um, our customers trust us to go into their homes, take their houses apart, put them back together, uh, and then leave. Right. So there is a fair amount of trust between us and our clients. And uh, we're pretty picky on who we hire. So, um, but that's not totally our problem right now. Our problem is even getting people to apply. So yeah, the labor shortage is, uh, is hurting. People are sort of coming up with different ideas of why we're so short of labor. It seems that every industry has a sort of nuanced opinion of why they can't get labor. I know just because I work a lot with restaurants, I know in the restaurant industry, there's people who just actually are saying, I'm not working that hard. Mm. You know, traditionally, people have gone into the restaurant industry, back of house, worked their way up, done all of the jobs, much like you did when you started your career. And there's not, it seems like there's just not people who are willing to do that anymore. They want to walk into more glamorous things. What are you finding in your industry? So there's a, there's a few things going on. Um, one of them is uh, right now, um, people are getting paid to stay home, which is not helping. Uh, there is another, uh, gig economy that's affecting us, meaning, um, you know, the, the young people will Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and, you know, just work when they want or when they make enough to pay their bills. Um, so it, it, that changed things a little bit, uh, and the restaurant industry too, I see it. Um, and I wonder if those people that really wanted to work went and just got jobs somewhere else because they had to. And then all that's left are the people that are not really interested in working that hard. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, it is very, very interesting times. Now you've run your, your company is, is family run and that's the core of, of your growth. I mean, you started very small. You started, I mean, you're one of those great stories, actually. You started with seven yeah. people yes. and now you're at, where are you now? We're in YPO. We have never not been in YPO. We're but, right. So in you're center. right where you started. Yes. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. How was your growth? Was it an organic thing where you just added a few people a year or tell um, us about that? So we would, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because we just, we, we put in a lot of hours and a lot of times, it, you know, it means that we've got to stay late because this has to be done or that has to be done. It might not totally be in your job description, but it has to be done. And as an owner of the company, you don't really have a job description. You do whatever is in front of you. Right. So, 
um, we would grow as the need arose, right? So we would get busier. We would um, bring on new products that we design and we would need to make more windows and we need to sell more windows and we need to install more windows. So we would grow um, as the, the need arose. But we also grew physically and we were very fortunate as we were renting space in a building, a gentry building in YPO. Uh, and then um, gen- the, the, uh, the tenants that were next to us left and we took over that space. And then the building next to us left, so we took over that space. So we were able to, now we have two buildings, but they're only separated by a demising wall. So it's all in the same parking lot. So yeah, we were able to grow from 5,000 square feet to our 30,000 square feet today and all stay at the same address. That's really unusual. It's extremely and, unusual, And yes. the landlords must love you because they had the easiest job ever, just right. knocked down a few walls and off yeah. you went. And for you, the consistency must be fabulous because right. you've right. never had to move. Right, we never had to move. And, and when I think back to the beginning where we were looking for places to rent, we looked everywhere. We looked in town, we looked out in Campbell and they all had very little parking and there were, you know, metal buildings and you could tell they were going to be really hot. Um, and we rented this place in, in Gentry in YPO and we thought, okay, well it was not a parking lot. wasn't even paved yet. It was brand new. It had just been built. So we'll try it. Um, and then as we grew and we took everything over in 2004, we purchased everything. So we are no longer paying rent. We kind of control our own destiny that way. That's wonderful. That's it's that's a very cool story from from beginning until now. Is this the most challenging time you've ever had in business, or through your growth, have you gone through times like this before? You know, I can remember back to um, making a f- uh, an early set of windows and delivering them uh, myself in the pickup truck. Actually, it was me and uh, Clint and my wife. In a pickup truck, we're driving into the job site, listening to the Gulf War on the radio. And you can remember what 1991 was like. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not very easy. Uh, and then we struggled through a 2008 financial crisis, and we went through a pandemic. So was it the most challenging? Maybe because we never had to deal with a pandemic before. Um, but we were really just are we're actually pretty good at dealing with what's uh, in front of us, right, and trying to figure it out, and I think that also um, is a byproduct of being a family-run business, right? So, how do we do it? How, how do we? Because all of our employees are family to us, so how do we do this and not affect the family in a negative way, right? So, how do we do this right? You know, that's a really important thing I think that comes up time and time again with family-run businesses and the kind of businesses that approach their employees as if they're family is. When you have a family, with your own family, disaster happens, challenges happen, you know, major life events happen, you deal with them. You mm. don't have any choice. You don't quit and say, oh, sorry, we can't carry on. Right. Or, sorry, we're not going to be a family anymore. Right. This, this is too challenging. Right. If that was the case, I think a lot of people might actually do it. But you can't. There's no choice. You. It's how you grow is how you come through those things. And I sometimes wonder if if one of the strengths of a family-run business is that fact that you won't give up, you can't give up, you're not going to let all these people down. That's right. That's exactly right. I, I don't I don't know how other businesses are run, you know, internally, because so I haven't run other businesses besides this family-run business, right? But I can tell you you're exactly right. There are a lot of things that you do because you have to do and there is no choice. And it, 
might not be pleasant. It might not be something you want to do, but you've got to go and push through it. Right. So, yeah. But at the other, the other end of that rainbow, you know, there are plenty of, um, positive attributes to a family run business Mm -hmm. and having a family atmosphere. Um, it is a pretty good place to work and, uh, there are plenty of opportunities for, um, you know, us to uh, gather and, and relax. And yeah, so it, there's, there's two parts of that story. Are you also one of those uh, family-run companies that have employees for a very long time that oh, yeah. once they come, they don't want to leave? Yes. And uh, some, so we've had, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a pretty high percentage of people that do leave. Most of them want to come back or do come back. So, yeah, a lot of our employees are double digits. They've been there. I've one, well, we've been in business 32 years. I have one employee that's been here for 31 that's really something. Yeah. You know, uh, Bob, I've just noticed that I have a whole list of questions in front of me that I'm supposed to be asking you and I haven't no asked problem. you any of them. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should talk about Windows <laughs> because um, there's there's a very interesting thing, I think, about what's happening and all of us are seeing it and all of us are watching it and, and our homes are reflecting it. I cannot be the only person who last month was saying to my family, it's so hot. Mm. It's not even August and it's so hot. This is where we all know it's global warming. It worries all of us. Um, your windows and your air conditioner are the only things we have in Hawaii, right? To control that heat. I mean, you can plant more trees and things outside, but how important is it to have energy efficient windows today more than ever? Well, so yeah, windows are the only building product in your home that affects the inside and the outside at the same time, whether it's aesthetics or performance or heat gain, like you said. So, um, it is really important, uh, for you to have the right windows that fit your lifestyle. If, um, if you are going to naturally ventilate, then, you know, you need to have the right windows for that, whether it's a jealousy or an awning window. You know, we still have some homes here that are single wall, meaning there's, two by fours and they're siding and then you move your furniture in, you're done. There is mm-hmm. no chance for insulation, right? So a lot of the homes we build and have built are not insulated. The wall is not insulated. So I, I can, I can basically stop the heat at the window, but it would also really help if for some reason you have a chance to insulate the walls that would help tremendously. Um, keeping the heat out nowadays is going to keep your house cooler. And if you're going to air condition, it's also going to keep your uh, air conditioning costs down. Your, uh, your AC equipment is going to work less because your home is not going to be as hot. So, um, you know, that would certainly help with, um, electricity use and, uh, you know, off gassing and things like that. So, uh, I think windows are very, very important for, as it affects the climate. And do you think that most people now in Hawaii are aware that windows are a really important part, like a cost effect part of planning, you know, your home ownership? I think so. And I can tell you when we first started, we had a pretty basic uh, display to bring to trade shows, but it, it was still a display of two walls um, with a sign on the top that said vinyl windows. And um, that was in the early nineties. And, a really high percentage of people would come by and tap on the glass and say the same thing. Wow, vinyl, what a great idea. Mm. So we would have to explain to them, okay, 
If this was an aluminum or a wood window, what would that be? That would be glass. Okay, it's still glass. Now we're talking about the frame being vinyl. We really had no idea what a vinyl window was all about back then. So we kind of set off on this crusade to educate, and we haven't stopped. In fact, we just did a, I did a plant tour yesterday for a board, uh, a board that has a building downtown. We did a factory tour two weekends ago for 60 people. Um, and basically we want to show them what vinyl windows are about, what having the right kind of windows and glass in your home can do for you. And then they can make an educated decision. So I think nowadays, and I, I'd like to think we had something to do with that. I think nowadays people are uh, very keen on trying to understand, uh, how to do windows better. And I'll take the, the jealousy windows out that are very inefficient and not secure, take them out and put something else in that would really meet your needs. You know, I'll tell you, I remember having coastal windows put in about 18 years ago. And I remember because I was going off for the weekend to write about one of the food festivals um, for a, a magazine that we published then. And I remember it clearly because the person that came to put in the windows was explaining to me, you know, way back 18 years ago about how we really needed these windows for Hawaii and how they were going to change, how cool our house was going to be and everything. And I had no idea. I, I don't, I think, you know, we'd pick your windows out of, I don't know, the phone book or something. I'm not sure how we, we, we got you in, but I remember thinking, well, wow, this is so interesting. I had never thought of my home as something that, was going to protect me right. or shield me or take care of me in that way through the windows. And I got to tell you, and I was out with washing my windows the other morning and taking the screens out because it's something I really enjoy doing, which I know sounds weird. It's I know, but I really like it because I can clean windows really well because I use, shall I tell you my tip for cleaning the perfect window? Sure. You probably know it, of course, because you're in windows. Newspaper and vinegar. Yeah. It's just remarkable. Yeah. I don't know why anyone ever buys a bottle of anything to spray on their windows. Because if you use vinegar and a and a newspaper, you're you can't smudge, you can't smear mm. anything. Yeah. Anyway, my point is yeah. sorry to be distracting. <laughs> um, my point is that um, I looked at those windows the other day and I thought these windows have been in here for almost nineteen years. They are no different what, from when they first went in. Yeah, very interesting. One of the things we do on our on our. Uh, education uh, crusade is we have a testing facility i'll call it on our roof we have products up there we have um windows we have reinforcements and we want to see how they weather and we have a window up there from 1993 and it looks brand new mm -hmm. just like yours yeah no yeah. it's great and and i really i'm always happy to do those kind of like spontaneous testaments because right. it really is the joy like if knowing like one of the things that just I think is so frustrating nowadays for many people. And it's not just the supply chain thing. It's that products don't last. They don't, yeah. You yeah. invest, in, I want to invest in a dishwasher or a stove that will last for 25 years because I do not want to be putting things in a landfill. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, because things are not built the way they used, they used to be. And no so, one cares to build right. them. Right. So for us, we uh, our philosophy is we almost have to do things right and and uh, well built because we live here so and we have no one else to blame we can't say oh you know that's the manufacturer's issue i can call them and see if they have a solution but we're the designers of the products we're the manufacturers of the products we're the inst installers and we're the servicers right so we have no one else 
it is all on us. So for us, if we don't do it right, well, you know, we're, we won't, we're not around for 32 years. That seems like a responsibility that you're happy to take on. Oh yeah. Yes. And to continue. You know, when, when you manufacture and sell a quality product, um, you don't have to be ashamed of it and you don't have to say, sorry, but you know, that's what you paid for and you know, that's what you should expect from it. Right. So, uh, yeah, it makes, it makes our job a little bit easier. Of course, it's not that easy to build a quality product, right. But it does make the, uh, the, the, the end result and the, um, longevity of it. It certainly does help us. Is your growth continuing at Coastal? Are you still hiring? Are you ongoing? We are. are you- yes, we are still hiring. Um, we are not talking about expanding because we have enough. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna stay within our our confines of the thirty thousand square feet. But yes, we are still um, hiring, and we're still um, working on new products. So yeah, seems to me that one of the strengths of local family run companies is for people who want to grow their own family here mm. it's a great place to start as a young person like as we were talking about before out of school um is to just come into a family-run company and grow your own family from it and, sure yeah. yeah it's a great opportunity right so uh, it's a place to make a good wage working for a good company producing a good product right or surrounded by good people and working with great clients so yeah it is a great opportunity what would you say to other people business owners listening um, was maybe like your, your number one or, your, or a couple of things that you know for sure work with, with your employees. A couple of things that you do, your, your, your company values that you really feel strongly about. So I, that's a tricky question. How much longer do we have? <laughs> <laughs> you have long enough to answer you know, it's um, not uncommon for me to see employees out in a parking lot um, having a smoke break or I'll go out and sit and talk with them, um, know their names, know what struggles are going through, uh, know what know that they need to know that you're approachable. And if, you, if they have a problem, they can come see you. And if you have a problem, you can come see them, right? So um, make sure you have a dialogue with your employees and, and – uh, it's a little bit easier for us because we treat them like family. I don't know that that is something that you could, um, you know, you could just do automatically, but for us, it kind of comes naturally. So if you treat them like family and you mean it, then I think that you create a bond between, uh, the management and the employees that really helps and benefits the company. Sounds like very good fatherly advice. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bob Barrett is the president and co-owner of Coastal Windows Inc., a family-owned and operated vinyl window and door manufacturer in Waipahu, Hawaii. Thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Chamber's website, cochawaii.org. If you've enjoyed today's interview, please subscribe on your podcast app and leave a review because your reviews will encourage other people to listen and to help the business community to continue to thrive locally, nationally, and maybe even globally. 
You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altrus. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Join us next time for more stories behind Hawaii's business.